All right, so let's make it plain. Welcome back to the Make It Plain Wayne podcast, where we will entertain, we will heal, and we will build you up. I am Wayne, and this is Elevated Friendship. So, for today's topic, I mean, I am so loaded, so ready, so excited for this. Um, you know, I, I, I probably should be an announcer for General Easy. <laughs> <laughs> General Easy. <laughs> yeah, I mean you you can't give me Wesley Snipes. I love Wesley Snipes. So coming to America too. Um now let me just say right off the bat full disclosure, I have seen some of the, you know, heavy criticism and I understand it like wholeheartedly especially from the representation of Africans, actual Africans in the movie. And, you know, some of, you know, what we've seen as far as, you know, misogyny and uh, many other things that, you know, the more things change, more things stay the same kind of thing. Um, I'm going to take all that to into consideration. And I am going to read most of these articles and criticisms. But to me, it's more important to focus on what I did like. Um, number one, uh, it's not easy to have a film made. And number two, not everybody is available. So, you know, like for me, there's a, a bunch of people I would have loved to see in this movie. Um, but not everybody's always available. Not everybody's a good director. So everyone that's pretty much an armchair quarterback or an armchair director um, has little to no experience on what it takes to direct a movie from beginning to end for quality and acceptance. So I, I think that's the thing people lose a lot in movies is, sure, they could have done exactly what you're saying to do, but how much experience have you had directing a movie, A, that's good, and then B, that's accepted by a lot of people. It's not the same thing. Movies that are really good, like really, really, really good, are better to stay as books. I'll say it again. Movies that are very, very, very good are usually better when they stay in their raw form as a novel or a book. By the time it comes off of the pages to the screen which this was Amazon, not the movie screen, by the time it comes to the movie screen, they have to adapt and change so many things for uh, ADD, <laughs> trips to the bathroom, um, your attention uh, to detail. Uh, th- there's a lot of factors keeping you interested, keeping you tempted, keeping you uh, you know, lusting after the next scene. Um, You got to do things in a movie you don't have to do in a book or a novel. So to get this thing made and get this thing sold, um, I feel like it was altogether a win. It it was a win. Now, could Eddie Murphy have thrown the quarterback to a different receiver? Probably. Could Eddie Murphy drop back and shot more three-pointers? Probably. Could Eddie Murphy have ran a little bit faster in the 100 meters in this race? Probably. Could Eddie Murphy have done a lot of things different than he did in this movie? Certainly. But what I'm looking at is a whole product. 
this was the meal that they had served and you all asked for that you asked for it so this is what it looks like as a sequel it's not going to be the same so let's go into a little bit of detail these are my notes so i'm just going to go into it um akeem is now a dad of four kids okay like real talk he's been raising three daughters this whole time now given that he's a king he's got a lot of help I mean, it, you can't get more help than being the king of Zamunda. I mean, you have the help. And he's got this bastard son, Lavelle. So, um, the way they're broken down is so symbolic. Um, Lavelle, the bastard son, I'll just start with him since he's the oldest, I believe. <laughs> um. Semi, and this is just great. This is just great comedy movie writing. Like if you watched Zoolander or you watch Pootie Tang or you watch Dumb and Dumber, like don't put so much thinking into it that you take away from what it is. It's a comedy. It's not a drama like this wasn't season uh, uh, six of Power, <laughs> which I'm going to get to that in a little bit. So the bastard son to me represents I feel like what happens along your journey um, in reality, like it's reality. They had went to <laughs> Zamunda, or not Zamunda, they had traveled to America and Semi was in no way in agreement with this trip. His his main job was to accompany Semi, I'm, I'm sorry, accompany Akeem at all times and just be his 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 armor bearer and, and be at his side. But he really didn't want to be there. So the story that that Semi drugged up Arsenio or drugged up um, Akeem, the story that he drugged him up with a roofie is one of the easiest, funniest things that could possibly happen because like people, friends do that to each other. Like, hey, watch, watch this, watch this, watch this. And somebody puts a Cheeto in your drink or a bug, or in the case of hangover, roofies, like he roofied his drink. Uh, uh, Fat Jesus roofied everybody's drinks. Zach Gillifinakis, I can't remember the character's his real name, I think it was Alan. But he roofied everybody's drink. That is the whole premise of hangover. And this is exactly how we get this bastard son. Keep in mind, a lot of people are so against like the, the push for marijuana and medical marijuana and all this. Meanwhile, alcohol has been doing this to our generation and the generation before us for the last 50 to 60 years, like going back to the 70s. People get drunk, they screw and have these kids. Do they take care of them is the question. They get drunk, they screw, and then they have these kids. Pulling out doesn't always work. So the bastard son, to me, was so crazy because they had to stop. They had to stop even saying his name as the bastard son. Like, they were like, "Okay, yeah, Lavelle." This is so real. Along our journey, you can get sidetracked. Along your journey, you can get drunk. Along your journey, something can happen to you that initially can look like a setback. Okay, it can look like a setback. He didn't marry Mary Johnson. 
the, it was a one night stand. And if you look at Leslie Jones' character in the movie, like she was just having a good time. Like she was out at the club partying, you know, just having a good time. And like uh, 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 Mary's character in the movie represents to me what a lot of men run into. You run into like a fun person, a great person. You don't necessarily know what's going to happen next, but in just living your life and having a good time, things do happen. People have casual sex. People do drink. People do a lot of things. But ultimately, what I love about the movie is a one-night stand turns into a prince. Now, that doesn't happen for everybody, but hey, you got to control what you can control. Um, Control what you can control. That's all I'm saying. Um... So the the role of the bastard son, in essence, holds so much value because this was actually, from a a misogynistic point, exactly what he needed to further his kingdom and be known as a real king. They weren't recognizing his daughters, which was, it's like the more things change, the more they stay the same kind of scenario. Mika, on the other hand, was such a lesson for me as a dad because i have a mika um mika was this ambitious leader daughter give me what i deserve give me what i'm after uh dora milaje uh captain marvel uh uh (laughs) like all the angela bassett energy (laughs) like mika just had like such a a uh, 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 seriousness and beauty about her. And I just love that so much because I see a lot of my daughter in this character. I'm like, wow, that's a lot to deal with. And you, you've got to pay attention to it. Women that choose to lead are a whole nother breed. Like, like there's women that choose leadership management and they call these women bossy, bitchy, nasty, but they're leaders. Like, in short, they're leaders. When these kind of women become mothers, they're mother leaders. (laughs) Like, they raise leadership boys and girls. Like, they're leaders, plain and simple. For the women that are more nurturing and loving and don't have as loud of a voice politically or diplomatically, this is what I think on a larger scale they've uh, uh, pushed for women to stay in is that role. Well, women can also be leaders and nurturers. The nurturing portion of a woman is not the only part of a woman. It is like, it's such a beautiful part of the woman, the nurturing part of the woman, but it's like that's their superpower. Like a, a man can have sex with a man, you won't get, get him pregnant. <laughs> like no matter how much y'all love it, you won't get him pregnant. A man can have sex with a woman Nine months later, you have a child. Nine months later, she's still breastfeeding that child and feeding that child from her body. And women can also do, uh, uh, as athletes or intelligently, many of the things that we can do, but also have this gift of this godlike ability to multiply and have this, this almost superpower of intuition. So women have a lot. They have a lot going on. So uh, that's what kind of blows me away about this character looking at Mika is 
you got to see in Eddie's daughters, I feel like the three representations of women, if you were that small-minded. <laughs> You've got the Mika, which is ambitious leader. You've got Oma, who's peaceful, the nurturer. And then you have the innocent and fiery. You know, this is the girl that drives the motorcycle. This is the girl that goes into the military, uh, Tanache. Uh, this is the girl that, um, you know, is like maybe a gymnast or, you know, plays softball or goes out for martial arts or like the Ronda Rousey, Amanda Nunez, uh, or uh, what's her head? Um, Holly Holm. Like, it's like. Eddie's three daughters to me represent if you had to, if you're if you're gonna funnel women into three types, it's like Mika is that ambitious leader. Oma is that peaceful, nurturing, motherly type. And then Tanache is that innocent and fiery type. So in essence, Lisa had another version of herself in Mika, and basically what Patrice was in Tanache. Now, Oma is that peaceful uh, uh, type of personality, more like Hakeem. So I, I kind of saw that in this in this show, in this movie. Um, now, coming back to African representation, um, the lead, the top African representation for me was, I'm going to say it, I'm going to say her name, I'm going to say it, Nomzamo Mbatha. Now, as wrong as I felt, as wrong as I may be in saying that, I love saying it, Nomzama Mbatha. So, Lavelle ends up marrying his barber. She's gorgeous. Like, if you see her, she's just gorgeous. So, he ends up marrying his barber. This was an unlikely relationship. Hakeem met, uh, uh, Hakeem met Lisa while working. You know, actually, did he meet her while working or did he work there because he saw her? I can't remember. Either way, you you all know what I mean. It was while they were along the journey. Now, I have to do my Coming to America trivia again, but I believe Hakeem got the job. He's like, if we're going to be as Americans, we must work as Americans. Gets the job. Well, I think barbershop job meets Lisa, loves Lisa, someone to kiss, someone to miss. When you're away, to be loved, <laughs> to be loved, oh, feeling to be loved. So, all that. Lavelle's just got his hair cut. So, here's the thing. You've got this bastard kid that's been doing his own thing. I mean, he's selling illegal tickets outside for the Knicks game. So, he's used to kind of making it work a different way. So, falling in love with your barber, this beautiful woman... Um, that's going to happen. Like when you're working so hard to get yourself known and do some things, that is going to happen. Now, he could have actually stopped and said, wait, wait, Pops, if I have access to all the women in this kingdom, I need to see everybody. I need to see Bopoto. I need to see everybody. He didn't do that. He didn't do that at all. He actually, like a man, you know, he... <laughs> When the bathers came in, he went and talked to his mom. That's just, I mean, he's kind of a mama's boy, but that's just respect, you know? So I'm, i am i don't know, happy to, to see that in, in that character. Uh, but 
The African representation in this movie, for me, the best is with her, with Mzamo, Nozamo, Namzamo Mbatha. And if I'm saying it wrong, y'all, I know you'll correct me. Um, then you have Michael Blackson, um, always a fun comedian, always a fun presence. I've loved him since, you know, his Comic View days back on BET. Always loved his style, his heavy accent. Um, he's just one of those people that proves that, you know, our representation and, and our idea of Africa is wrong. Um, so I always love him. I love that he was General Easy's announcer. He's always fun. Uh, love the guy. Like, hopefully I'll get to see him, you know, at one of these comedy clubs soon. Um, love love to go see him. Um, now, Edie Easy, uh, General Easy's son, is Rotimi. Rotimi, that from what I know, he and Godfrey, the comedian, are Nigerian. And they're always about Nigerian stand-up, Nigerian this, Nigerian that. Um, Rotimi is Nigerian. He and uh, uh, Godfrey, um, Godfrey is just such a hilarious comedian, such a great talent. I love the guy. But yeah, Rotimi, there's a meeting in my bed, my bed. That's Rotimi, man. And he was Dre from Power. So, it, 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 like my biggest note, immediately because i was watching uh coming to america with the guys with the boys my biggest note for uh eddie murphy is i'm like how are you gonna have rotimi dre from power and all the drama that he drung up that he strung up i'm making up words how are you gonna have him in this movie because to me nino brown and dre are cut from the same cloth you look at Nino Brown in New Jack City and Dre in Power, they are covering the same cloth. They're literally the same person. And this was his son. So if I don't get a third coming to America movie, I'm going to be mad because it'll be like The Bachelor and and all kinds of crazy stuff. We should have better music, better dancing in, in Coming to America 3 because all the kids will be of age to date and marry. That should that That could be a great movie. Um, cause we still have arranged marriages at, on the table. Even if things change for Zamunda, I don't know what's going to happen with, um, General Easy and Next Doria. So two guys I thought would have been great to be in this movie as far as African rep representation, that strong male role would be Jaiman Hunsu. Uh, Jaiman Hunsu since Amistad, uh, Stargate, um, uh, Beauty Shop. When he fell in love with Queen Latifah, um, he's in several movies. Uh, Constantine, Papa Midnight, he's super conjuring uh, witch doctor. Jaiman Hunsu has been such a dominant um, African actor in American film and in American roles for like the last 20 uh, years or so. He even played the voice of Black Panther in the animated series, which starred Jill Scott as Storm. And uh, a few other people at, for voiceover actors, you know, his voice. Um, uh, the other gentleman is uh, Akinoye Akbaje. And I know I'm saying it wrong, but uh, Aduwale Akinoye Akbaje. Um, <laughs> this guy, I mean, he's a, he's an English actor, but anytime they need someone um, now, he Okay. Nigerian parents of Yoruba origin. Okay. 
So I'm going to say he's Nigerian. <laughs> but I mean, the man has been acting in all these films like for so long. Like it's, it's been forever. I mean, Congo, Ace Ventura. I think that's like the first time people saw him. He was that like Guardian. Uh, the Mummy Returns, Born Identity, uh, Get Rich or Die Trying, G.I. Joe, uh, Thor, Dark World, Pompeii. Um, concussion, Suicide Squad. I mean, he's done like plenty of TV work. Like you'll see him like all over the place. Um, he was in Game of Thrones for a little bit too. Oz, um, Oz was where I got to know him uh, the best. But it's like for strong African male roles, that is who, if if any, I would add um, to this movie. If I were to say, Eddie, add these guys, that these two would be definitely it. I'm not saying replace General Easy because I love General Easy's quirkiness and 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 comedy. Like, I don't know if I would want someone that is African to uh, play that role because you don't want to make fun of anybody. But I also get that people want their. When you say Africa. Who are we who are we representing? Like because some people they'll draw conclusions. Just like in, in Wakanda, it was a blend of the cultures, which I thought was very safe and very beautiful, so that we could see it. Um, like I'll say it again. That waterfall scene in the beginning of Black Panther, that was all I needed. Like real talk. That was all I needed. I didn't need anything else in that movie but that waterfall scene where they were dancing up to the challenge uh for the throne. Like that was that was all I needed. It was dope. I had seen more in that waterfall scene than I had seen in almost all of American cinema as far as just honoring um, the beauty of African culture, which if we're going to watch um, bagpipes and men in kilts, I want to see the best. If we're going to watch, uh, uh, you know, like, I don't, I don't want to say uh, Russian. <laughs> But when we're doing Irish, Mexican, English, German, um, Lithuanian, uh, Native American, anybody's culture, I want to see the best of it. The Like, I should want to go and buy some of that stuff and dress like that afterwards. Wakanda made me feel that way. Now, coming to America 2 definitely gave me that feeling. That, that was like my number two for costume design. Um, Yes. But, you know, in this movie, um, it's hard. We're, we're African-American actors making a film based on Africa and selling Africa in a way that has never been seen before. As far as I know, there's only three movies that lift Africa up on a high pedestal like this. And it's like this movie, um, or, <clears throat> uh, Coming to America, and is there another thing? Maybe it's... I thought there was a Disney movie I had in mind, but these two might be it. And then Akeem's controversy has doubled. You know, in the first movie, <clears throat> it was true love and arranged marriage. Like, that's what he had to deal with. And that first movie was a rejection of many traditions so that real happiness could be found. That's what creates the journey. In the second movie, marriage. Okay. Like the factors doubled in the first movie it was true love and arranged marriage. In the second movie, we've got 
uh, arranged marriages, um, Eddie's marriage or, or Akeem's marriage to Lisa. So there's two marriages, the arranged marriage and then the the king and queen's marriage. Now, uh, the fatherhood being a father. That's three. Um, the grieving loss of your queen and king. We didn't get to see Aeolion like she was gone. We get to see the loss of, of the queen, but we did get to see the loss of the king. That's four, almost five. I mean, loss is horrible. You've got to deal with General Easy. Okay, that's that's number uh, uh, five. General Easy pressing on you. And the last thing, number six, you got to deal with your image and inner self. And like the cool thing was Next Doria in many ways represented uh, the opposite. So it's like Zamunda is lush and beautiful and we're changing traditions and we're progressive and we've got three daughters and, and we're going to talk about it, not just force the old way. And that's what Lisa was kind of re uh, like rekindling and reverberating. Um, like you sound just like your dad. So in, in Zamunda, we're, we're more a little bit more diplomatic and we can talk it out. Next Doria is war guns, sex, and old traditions. So uh, Bopoto was an over-sexualized version and and with like a little bit of muscle tone uh, of what uh, Prince Imani was when, you know, she's, earth, 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 woof, 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 woof. Like, she hopped in there after 30 years. I'm like, after 30 years, y'all ain't learn? I wanted to slap uh, General Easy. I'm like, in 30 years, you didn't learn. You turned your daughter into the exact same thing that got your sister rejected. And that's why those old traditions had to die. And, you know, for the side note, I know a lot of people, you know, they want to they wanna look at it as, um, well, we didn't get, uh, we didn't get the comedy that we had. It's not as good as the original. Why would you want to be? Every remake they tried to make of Dumb and Dumber was not as good. You can make the sequel better than the original if the sequel was uh, uh, of a quality build, then, then you can do it. But if the sequel is a legend, okay, I'm sorry, the, the original, if the original coming to America is a legend, I don't really need a sequel to be better than that. Like, if the sequel is better than the original, y'all were holding back. If uh, Nutty Professor the Clumps is better than the original, y'all were holding something back, which maybe they were, because it was really good. If Harlem Nights is Harlem Days, <laughs> y'all were holding something back. You know, you don't have to outperform a legend. Michael Jordan's sons will never equal or surpass their dad's gifts and abilities. That's a completely different kind of hunger. It was very raw. <laughs> raw, pun intended. The, the Eddie Murphy, the writing and the social climate that we had when Coming to America first came out are worlds apart, worlds different. At that time, let's use, use Bruce Jenner as an example. At that time, Bruce Jenner was hailed as one of the greatest athletes ever birthed as a male. Now he is transgender female. 
Okay. Back in that time, you would have never thought that we would have a black president. In today's day, we're past it. We're on the other side of having a black president. We have a black vice president. Before that time, in the 80s, things like drinking water at a football practice were looked at as weak. Men uh, shedding a tear for anything was looked at as weak. Women enlisting in the military was looked and frowned upon. Now we're on the other side of these things. It's a completely different social climate. And Harlem is proof of that. The same Harlem that they used in the movie is not the same Harlem that they have now. It looks a lot more like a midtown upscale flip where you'd want millennials to move that are more uh, uh, blended, not so much urban or African, black, African, African American. So the raw comedy... The raw, pun intended, all came from Queens. It's still there, especially in the old men in the barbershop. So with this politically correct time period, it's impossible to make an 80s movie now. We're just different. Um, I think that they filmed this movie before COVID because I think uh, in the movie Dolomite, Eddie was like a little bit larger. It seemed like he kind of carried some of that weight over into the movie. Um, him and Eddie look exactly the same in Dolomite as they did in Coming to America too. So I think Eddie just carried that over and filmed this quickly. But in his interviews now, you can see Eddie is visibly smaller. Like he doesn't have the cheeks. He, you can see his cheekbones. Um, uh, the Queens upgrade was, I think, some of the the the, the big eye opener. If you're looking in the background, like they even said it, that gentrification and the changes, like we're seeing that all over the country now. It's like areas that were ran down and busted and hurting, you know, they just, I don't know if they evicted everybody, but they broke it down and, and sold it back for a better price. And then uh, Puma, like Puma, Puma is the biggest winner of this movie. If you, if you work for Puma or if you love Puma, because Mika had on a Puma outfit in almost every scene that she wasn't in royal garb. And I, I dug that so much about her. It's like one of the outfits kind of looked Jamaican. I was like, man, this chick is dope. Um, but yeah, going back to Africa has always been kind of uh, uh, a cliche downgrade um, when people say that. Go back to Africa. You know, it's like this as if you just came over here for a business trip and just decided I'm just going to stay here and, and complain about everything. Like going back to Africa has always been uh, uh, given as a, a bad tone. And I love that they're changing the tone because if Africa wasn't great, if Africa wasn't one of the richest mineral resources, uh, resourceful places of the planet, they wouldn't be so invaded and, and hunted by all the other countries that go there. Like, go invade your own stuff. <laughs> go in your own backyard. And it's like, why are you hunting and digging in this country? Like, go dig in your own stuff. So, Africa has always symbolized, um, like, dirt poor people, depending on who is, is speaking to you. But if you're talking to anyone that actually lives there, they'll tell you the truth. There's tribalism, just like any other country. I got when I watch Game of Thrones or look at Braveheart or look at any movie that that, you know, predates uh, slavery, every country and every continent had their own internal battles and tribalism. The only difference is Africa had a lot more resources. <laughs> if they didn't, no one would be there. 
And now you have even uh, food, food and dishes in Africa. Okay, we all know where Africa is with French and German names. <laughs> they blended it. It's like French fries are not American. It was at some point had to do with the French, right? So you've got French fries and, and American foods combined in many uh, menus now. Just like in Africa, there's French and German things. It's not France or Germany anywhere in Africa. So you do the math on that one. Um, but yeah, I love that they're grabbing a hold of the image and changing the image because anyone that I've met that was born on African soil in America, um, they're either outworking me in a way, either with their intelligence in school or uh, uh, as a job, um, or they're completely proving the stereotypes wrong. Like in every conversation, just prove the stereotypes wrong. As a black man, meeting someone from Ghana or or Kenya or Nigeria is maybe one of the greatest things in the world for you because you're just like, wait, you're not poor. You don't have flies buzzing around or like like the kids. It's like, where are they going when they find that footage? And why haven't you raised enough money by now? <laughs> you know, there's suburbs in parts of Africa, in Nigeria, in some of the countries in Africa. There's some are some suburbs that look nicer than the place I live. So let's change the image. And it's like that nasty comment that the, the dude made uh, in the barbershop. Oh, you yeah, flying kid, the, the, the flies and the African children are starving and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, <laughs> you know, no, you don't steal from people that are poor. You steal from people that have wealth and riches. It's the narrative that they're poor. I think that has messed us up all this time. It was a very rich movie. It was a very beautiful movie. It will definitely go right underneath coming to America as one of my favorites. It will no way best or top it. I'm sorry. But I did love it. I did love this movie. I enjoyed this movie and I thought it was just tip top wonderful. Um, but hey, I love you all. Hope you love me back. Please love, like, and share all these messages. I'll see you soon.